Welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast, Justin Bedford, alongside Noah Russo. How are you doing this week, buddy? I'm very good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, I'm excited for this one. This is the first time uh, in a year where we've done uh, an in-person podcast where we've been able to be together to record. So uh, I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to this one. It's been a couple weeks, I think, since we've recorded an episode. So lots to talk about, lots of things going on. Usually we do like to talk a lot about, you know, some of the other stuff just going on around the league with other teams, just hockey in general. Uh, And there has been a lot going on, but because we've been off for a little while, I think we'll just stick to Panther stuff. Uh, And we'll start off with the NHL draft, um, which was a few weeks ago. Panthers obviously having later draft picks, none in the first or second round. Um, but they were able to have some, I think, some pretty decent players with some of their picks. Is there any one or two players that, that really stands out to you as being good value and potential NHL players? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm always a fan of the WHL guys. So uh, Merrick Ashler and um, Josh Davies, that was pretty cool to see. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I thought everything considered with, you know, you go into the draft, your first pick is in the third round you're obviously not going to get a very high profile, you know, one of those top high profile um, prospects. But I think all things considered, uh, Bill Zito and his, and his squad did a, did a pretty good job of, uh, of kind of reeling in that draft. Um, it's, uh, and I, I know we, we talked about it a little bit off air, but, you know, to get Jack Devine in the seventh round, you know, uh, coming off of the... Um, national championship with Denver, I, th- I think anytime you can get your hands on a guy like that, that's pretty cool. And the fact yeah. that he dropped to the seventh round, right? Yeah, looking at their, looking at their draft, uh, I did a lot of work going into this one, looking at players. Uh, to me, I think they got really good value later in the draft. Like in the sixth and seventh round, I like Josh Davies uh, as a player. He's a bit small, um, but he's got a good motor. Jack Devine, I think, is really, really good value uh, that late. I was surprised he was available in the seventh round. Early on, like I, they take Merrick Alisher. I think a few picks later, uh, Nick Moldenhauer went from the Chicago Steel. I'm a big fan of Nick Moldenhauer, but I uh, he had a pretty good year with Chicago, but he had mono for the first half, so it took him a while to kind of get up to speed. Um, but I get it. Take a D, right? Like Their first two picks were defensemen. Obviously, uh, that's where the priority is for the Panthers in terms of their prospects and what they need. So I like the Ludwig Jansen pick as well uh, from Sweden. I think he's uh, going to be a really solid defenseman, maybe an NHL player. Um, overall, I, I, I do. I think they, you know, they did well with what they had, but they didn't have much. Um, the goalie they got as well um, from the US NTDB, Tyler uh, Muselic. I think he's probably one of the better goalies in this draft. 
there were some goalies that went before him that I think, quite frankly, yeah, suck. You know, I, I remember seeing, and especially for the <clears throat> North American rankings, seeing the <clears throat> rankings when they came out and being like, Tyler Whoa, Brennan. Tyler Brennan first. Like, it didn't really make sense to me. I thought Reed Dick was better than Brennan in just the WHL. Bigger too. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I try not to take into account those rankings that came out of the NHL and subsequently from all the major outlets. Um, so to me, it just really seems like, you know, you might hit a home run with any of these goalies, just yeah. because of how little it seems that it's been tracked i i don't really know I, I, why there's, just, there's no high profile goalie this exactly. year it's not like the last few years where there's been some good ones um i think it's kind of similar a few years ago when uh roberto luongo was obviously very high on devin levi that turned out to be a really great pick i imagine he had a lot of input on uh taking um Uzelic there so uh you know who knows he could be could be a stud there late but uh bit of unknown and we'll kind of see where any of these guys go but uh it's it's a solid draft class with what they had but they just they didn't have much for picks no exactly um but yeah in all it's it's been it's been it's hard to tell right it's hard to gauge just off of seeing these names you you try and like picture them in an nhl game and it's kind of it's always tough but you know i think they did a good job um hard to tell yeah you're, you're, i think you're hoping for one or yeah. two of these guys at least to, to push for an age all time mm-hmm. and that would represent a successful draft but that's years and years away exactly we're looking at minimum two to three seasons away for for the best of these guys yeah that, that's, that's just the reality that's of it. the reality um but i imagine we're gonna be looking at a lot of drafts like this in the future for the panthers because they have like no first rounders ever. that is that is correct <clears throat> um and I, we'll, we'll talk about it oh we'll talk about yeah. why later yeah, um, but um, yeah, that's the that's the only thing that's a little concerning, and uh, not necessarily concerning in the sense that you know you, you don't have access to those high end prospects that are available in the first round, um, and and that is a very important aspect. But there's also the aspect of like you have zero assets <clears throat> to yeah. give up at the deadline because what happens every year is it's teams, a first round for a deadline. It's always like, a first, right? Round. And that's what they did last year, yeah. and they just don't have that now for years and years to come. Um, before we move on, though, I'm curious, because we haven't really talked much about the draft privately or anything, but what did you think about Shane Wright going number four? You know, I, I, I was very surprised when it happened, um, as, I, as was the entire building. Um, but, you know, you, you start thinking about it after, and it kind of makes sense. And the, the first giveaway for me was that COVID year where he didn't do anything. He no, didn't play I, hockey. He, no, he just vibed. He just vibed. And I, I think to go first overall, you need to be like beyond de- dedicated to the sport. And to me... There, there are a lot of guys who went over and played somewhere else. That's the thing. Like, I'm not... Like, had no OHL player gone overseas, I would have been like, ah, it's not that big of a deal. But the fact that OHL players actually went overseas and played... Like, like that's you don't really have an excuse at that point. It's kind of it's it's disappointing to see. And I also heard like just wasn't as dialed as everyone else at the combine. And uh, the other thing I heard is his draft interviews were apparently not great. Yeah, I I, I, I imagine, yeah, there were some some red flags that came up with teams. Um, I don't doubt. Like, I mean, I've been pretty low on Chain Wright all year. Not like low on him, but saying he yeah. he's not the guy. 
Um, and that is one of the reasons. I think he's still going to be a great player. I think it's great value for Seattle there with that pick. Uh, and he fits really well with what they're trying to do. But it makes sense. It's not a total surprise that he would drop. I think if he was going to drop at a one, then he was going to drop all the way to four. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, if you look at it, I think New Jersey was always going Nemich. They needed... Well, if Slavkovsky was there, they were going Slav. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when, when Slav but, was off the board... You know, they, they needed a D. They did not need a center. They are, they're already pretty much set at yeah. center. They have three fantastic young centers. I, they, I don't think they need to, to touch that. So right there, um, right isn't an option. And then I actually, I was a little surprised he didn't go to Arizona, but I think Arizona was really, really high on Cooley. I think, I think it's a combination of them being really high on Cooley, but for Arizona, they have to think about, you know, they're playing in a college rink for the next few years, right? They need someone that wants to be there, that's happy to be there. And you mentioned Shane Wright, maybe, you know, not interviewing well. Maybe he did not like the idea of playing in that small an arena. Because, I mean, if you're Arizona, if you're uh, Bill Armstrong, who, by the way, looks like a Disney movie villain. Absolutely. Terrifying. If I'm a player and I'm shaking his hand, I'm like, I will shoot. Like, this is scary. But, um, like, that's a question I ask to every single prospect. Like, hey, like, you heard all the stuff about us playing in a college rink for the next three years. What do you think about it? Yeah. Like, do you want to play in the college rink? You know, like, and I, I think I'd actually be really interested to hear what the different yeah, prospects how, said I, about that yeah. because that would definitely be a question I'd be asking if I was Bill Armstrong. Yeah, like early in the draft, later in the draft, you're like, oh, by the time this guy's ready, we're probably yeah. hopefully not playing in a college rink. Yeah, exactly. Right, but with your first round pick, you need a guy. And they definitely interviewed like a ton of guys considering they had the third third overall pick. Yeah, so I think I'm not, I'm not totally surprised he went at four. Uh, we'll see how he does. I, again, I use the comparison of Nolan Patrick every time. Basically the same player. Yeah, I was thinking like... A little bit Seth Jones-ish, just in the sense that like he dropped, he was kind of one and two for first overall, and then a couple teams passed on him, and everyone was like, "Whoa, what's going on?" Um, really reminded me of that exact situation. Yeah, where well, I don't, like, I yeah, I don't think. But like, it's it's hard to compare. Like Seth Jones was a D, and like obviously now he's extremely he... overpaid, but. Um, but he was, yeah, it was, it was kind of a bit of a battle there at first. It was with him, him and McKinnon, McKinnon yeah. Um, and then everyone figured, you know, I, we, everyone remembers kind of the audio of the Panthers go, they pick Barkov, and I believe it's Pierre Maguire going, like, what are they doing? Yeah, Seth Jones right there. You don't need this random dude from Finland. Um, that's a horrendous take, yeah. obviously, aged terribly. But kind of a similar thing where a guy projected to go higher slips a little bit. Exactly. Uh, and Arizona also, by the way, second round, they took Artem Dutta, my guy. 30-something overall. Oh, like, yeah. and So I, they I, win the draft. Yeah, I think it was a really good draft. Like, it was just, it, it was fun. I'm sure it was a ton of fun to, to be there. But it was also just fun to watch on TV. Like, it was yeah. the first, like, in-person one. In, in a couple of years. In a few years. So it's just really good Really good experience from, I mean, my couch or... Yeah, like being there, it was really cool. I also really appreciated Teams were very fast with their picks, and I really appreciated it. Like On the we, second day? Yeah, like we were like, oh, we got there. Like the draft starts 11 a.m. We are like, ah, oh, when are we going to get out of yeah. here? We were like outside Montreal like 3 p.m. It was yeah. perfect. We were like gone. No, teams were, were really, really quick with it. And uh, yeah, it's, it was really cool. Got to hear some trades, which was pretty nice. Oh, and, it's always uh, the best part. Just... 
there is always just depreciating what Chicago is doing and trying to figure out what the hell it is. It's like it's like a puzzle. But every time you think like you figured it out and you like finished it, there you just find another bag of pieces to assemble. Yeah, well, and I think Chicago it's like it's like you can't predict Chicago's next move because they don't know their next move. Precisely. Right. So I love the unpredictability. Yeah. Lots of that going on this off season. Um, secondly, though, let's get into uh, free agency. Where I love free agency. It's always so much fun. Um. We'll talk about what the Panthers did in a bit, but I want to know what are your best and worst signings from the first few days there of free agency? Uh, obviously, like, I, I was Giroud to Ottawa, we kind of heard was happening. Yeah. I was, uh, like, that was, Ottawa did a really good job. Like, let's, yeah. let's face it, Ottawa did a really good job. You know, they brought in Debrinkit, they brought in Giroud. Um, I was, uh, kind of hard to like think about it if free agency was uh, a bit ago um i uh i really detroit detroit signings were really good to be honest yeah. detroit didn't make a single like super high profile signing but they made a lot <coughs> of lower profile ones that i think all, all every single one of those were like very like, very very good signings. very very good signings and uh maybe they they might have even gotten you know just a little bit um undervalue yeah for the guys they got yeah i think i think they did a really good job of, of getting good value on guys <coughs> uh, for me the best signing is probably it's johnny gaudreau to columbus yeah I think that like, that's the big one. It was a surprise to everyone uh, that he picked there. Yeah, and I mean, there was a ton of media like, <coughs> stuff around it um, after he signed. You know, he went on Spit and Chicklets. I didn't hear that episode. I don't. Even no, I read. I read his Players Tribune article. It, it, that's exactly what I was going to bring up, and I saw a really good athletic article, and it's it's really interesting to to hear from him what went down. And uh, it's it's really interesting that you know every single team that we had thought would be involved. So <clears throat> Philadelphia, New, New Jersey, Jersey Calgary, Islanders, Islanders, Calgary. Like I don't even think he got an offer from the Flyers. The Flyers, Which, well, the Flyers bottled it. By the way, by they the way, they blew it. Like because he wanted to go to Philly. Philly was his number one. Yeah, like he wanted to go to Philly. Yeah, I think everyone. And, what, that was no secret. Everyone knew that. And what Chuck Fletcher was is doing, frankly, is comes in second to Kyle Davidson, but I don't know by how much. It's close. It's really it's close. It's really close. Um, I did look. Did you hear the Chuck Fletcher press conference? He was talking about it, and he said, you know, it, it, we would I would have had to do too many things in order to bring in Johnny Gaudreau. It's like, oh, my goodness, you would have had to do your job to get yourself a much better player. Exactly, and, like, maybe by not signing... Tony D'Angelo. Tony D'Angelo. Like, I did not like that move. Rasmus Ristolainen. Exactly. Like, they, they made some really odd moves that you go, hmm, like, that's just, what it's are you, maybe what not. Are you doing? But, like, at the end of the day, they, they kind of had it, like, in their hands, and they fumbled it. Um, I, uh, I, I was really surprised. And then Calgary offered him a ton of money. And the f fact is, if he signs an eight-year deal in Calgary... He is retiring as undoubtedly, like, you can't even argue, the best Calgary Flame to ever play. Again, what? 
I think Goudreau, like, is, his numbers would be better than Aginla's by the end of his career. But it's Aginla. I know it's Aginla, but... I don't, know, I don't like, think he ever... Like, I think he's top two. I, I think that, you know, you, you give him eight more years, Matthew Kachuk stays, and you're looking at a really, really good, like, shot at him being the best Calgary Flame of all time. Yeah, it's it's possible. And, I mean, and like, and obviously that's never, like, a guarantee, but to have that um, opportunity... I thought would maybe kind of move him a little more, yeah. And just the amount, the, the amount of money, like he left at least twenty million dollars on the table for sure. And he's made all, he's made a good amount of money. He's gonna make a good amount of money. Um, you know, he's earned. You know, as much as it sucks for Flames fans, he's earned. You know, the ability to go where he wants to play. Uh, Columbus, interesting choice. Not many people saw it coming. But my pick for worst signing is also Columbus because they signed Eric Goodbranson. For four million dollars a year, and I just Columbus, another team where I'm just like, what are you doing this off season? Because you get Johnny Gaudreau, best free agent available by far. You then overpay Erica Branson, now you're in a cap crunch. Then you overpay Patrick Line, so you're in a cap crunch. So you lose all of Bjork Strand for nothing, who's one of your best players. So it's like one step forward, two steps back. You're kind of about the same ish. You know, a lot of teams created more question marks for me yeah where i'm just I'm, like they do some good and then some bad and i'm exactly exactly so it's going to be really interesting to see I, I thought new jersey did an okay job you know everything considered you know they brought in Pilot. i thought that was good um they kind of uh they got vtech vanacek um they, they made some good moves i thought i thought um, they paid maybe a little too much for vtech vanacek. they probably did but they got him. But they got him. So, so fair enough. So it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens. Like there's a lot of possibilities for next season, but I mean, yeah, I, it it came down to a personal thing for Johnny Goodrow, right? Yeah, and you like, can't fault him. You like, can't you can't fault him for being wanting to be closer to his family. You know, you can't like you as an athlete. Like he's been away for a long time. He mentioned in his article, you know, a lot of the reasons and COVID and. You know, you had family members that were, you know, not well. Uh, it's understandable, you know, these people at the end of the day. Um, what about the Panthers, though? Do you like what the Panthers did in free agency? Considering they had no money. I was going to say, they didn't, they didn't have any money, and they didn't really spend any money. They didn't do anything, in my opinion. They added some depth pieces, which was nice. Um, but it's, I, I don't think it's anything that's going to, like, really changed the makeup of your team going no, into I next think, season. I, I think it was conservative signings that made sense, but I, I, I'd say just looking at free agency, and we knew this was going to happen for just money reasons, is there's only so much money you can spend. Um, we knew they were going to get a little worse. Well, yeah, cause like Mason Marchment, you saw what he signed for in Dallas. I love Mason Marchment. I think he's a great player. Um there's no way the Panthers were going to be able to pay him that much money. No, exactly. Right? Exactly. So you lose him, but... What? You lose Giroux. There was no, there was no, no way like, you could sign right? Giroux. Like, you're losing you guys that. that you just couldn't afford to keep. That's just what happens when you're up against the cap. Um, uh, that's just... It's sad. It sucks because both those guys, I loved having them on the Panthers. Yeah. But uh, they just they weren't going to be able to bring him back. 
it's funny though because Mason Marchment leaves the Panthers the same year that Dennis Mulgan returns to the returns to the Leafs. Very different contracts for both of the players. Very different players. They were traded one for one at a time. One for one, horrendous deal from the Leafs. <laughs> uh, classic them. Classic. Um, other than that, like I think Colin White and Rudolph Balsers to me. Uh, Kind of a bit similar to Carter Verhage when he first signed. They're guys who have good underlying numbers. They've had a bit of success, and you're hoping maybe they got a bit more they can give. They come in, they play our system. Uh, maybe they can uh, provide more value than those deals. So those are two low-risk signings that I really, really liked. Um, and then just veterans. Yeah. Chris Tierney, veteran. Going to look great in the minors. Michael Delzato. I actually don't mind Michael Delzato as a player. I think he's okay. I think he's downright fine if he's on your third pairing. It's exactly. Not gonna, it's not going to hurt you. Um, Mark Stahl is old. Yeah, I that was one that puzzled me. Um, maybe, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I thought he was kind of over. Uh, but And then the PTO to Eric Stahl. I know for a fact Eric Stahl is washed. Um, but he had a year off. What did he do in that year off? Went to the Olympics. And? That was fun. Yeah. Didn't win anything. He went to China. Yeah, so like, <laughs> he could still maybe play. Um, Guy has an Olympian. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see him. It, you know what it reminds me of? That year that the Boston Bruins brought in Brian Gianta. That was a great move. It reminds it's like the same type of move that's not going to pan out, and nothing's going to no, happen. I, but if there's no risk in it. You're just, no, like you really, like they're, you, you're hoping they never see yeah. the ice. And then I think their value is, I think maybe with the way the Panthers went out in the playoffs, you know, and the stuff about them being in the strip club, I think maybe there's a sense for management there was just a bit of immaturity in the group. Mm-hmm. So you bring in some veterans who have been there, um, and you hope that kind of that can guide your team a bit in the right direction. Similar to, like, they had Joe Thornton last year, right? Just kind of replacing uh, that older veteran uh, voice in the room. And if you're going to bring in one stall, you might as well bring in another. Yeah. I, I, that was obviously the, the reasoning. Um, but, it, yeah, really interesting. Um, I, not stuff I was, like, expecting. Uh, but, you know... You got to remember, it's the cap space. The cap space. The like cap you, they space. were never going to be it. And also, there are still some guys available who could potentially be a fit on the Panthers. Yeah. Um, you mentioned if the money was right, the Panthers would have to move some out. Is PK Subban on a low AV? Again, for a year, $1.3 million. Just bring him to Florida. That guy is vibes. And he's a good. he's a good... He's a good person. Good team player. And I, I feel like there's already egos in the dressing room that he wouldn't try and monopolize it. He knows his <laughs> space. Bring in PK. Oh, my goodness. And PK, this came up, like, on my Twitter timeline not too long ago. He did this, um, do you remember when he did the Don Cherry impersonation on, was it Sportsnet at the time? Yeah. He has that. Name another NHL player who has that. Now, you might say P.K. Subban is exactly <clears throat> the like most adept hockey player nowadays, which he, I agree. He just sloops people. That's all he does. He can't move, so he just takes them out from behind. <laughs> but like, if he was cheap, maybe. Um, 
Well, like some other guys too, like Phil Kessel, if he was cheap. Um, I think Brett Connolly is probably a pass for me. But there, like, there are still a couple of guys available that you would. I mean, Brett Connolly had that thirty goal season with the Panthers that one year. I don't think he did. He didn't. Brett Connolly, I think he's got like no goals. Ever. Could have sworn he scored a ton for the Panthers that one year. Twenty-two. Oh, twenty-two. I was thinking of that year with the Capitals. No. 19 with the Panthers. Yeah, maybe I was thinking... It's like a, almost a 30-goal pace. It's like it's not far. Like, it's just like 11 goals. That's like 11 shots. Exactly. He shoots 11 more times that season. He's got 30 goals. Yeah, and I'm thinking Brett Conway's probably... A, it's probably a no for me. But there are some guys. There's some guys available. Um, and I think it's tough. Like the, the cap space makes it so difficult. you got to move money out. Um, that's just the way it is. And this team is handicapped really by... Some deals that weren't really signed by this regime, um, like with uh, bios that they've had to make, with Bobrovsky making 10. Um, I mean, frankly, you look at, there's the, like, for the forwards, you look, there's Patrick Hornquist deal. You would certainly like to move that. But then, like, Zito signed Barkov, which is fine. Kachuk, which we'll talk about. Um, Sam Reinhart, that was a... That was a zero deal. Yep. Um, six and a half. I think that's agreeable. Yep. Um, Sam Bennett at 4-4. Four, four, agreeable. I think that's actually probably underpaid. I think him for Hagee and Duclair all probably underpaid and, a little. You know, so we're looking that. Then E2, Le Restaurant. And, like, with E2 and down, you're looking at maximum $1.5 million contract. So you can't really say, like, offensively it was that bad and then defensively you're just looking at the Ekblad contract and that's pretty much it for and everything contracts. else is but it's just all like the debt but, that they've had but that goes to show how freaking big the impact is of that Sergei Bobrovsky deal yeah I, I think that's really what handicap like when you look at it on paper is that's the one like contract that you look at and you're like what the actual fuck because if you had an extra five million in cap space it opens up so many opportunities for you. Um, it, it really changes the entire makeup of the team. Precisely. Um, you mentioned Matthew Kachuk, though, and we've been waiting on it. The Matthew Kachuk trade went through last night. Matthew Kachuk, Florida Panther, signs an eight-year deal, the first ever sign-and-trade, nine-and-a-half a year, for Jonathan Huberto, Mackenzie Weger, a first-round pick, and Cole Schwint. What was your initial reaction on the deal? Initially, when I saw Huberto's name going back, it was goddamn it. Well, there there was a lot going on. on I I mean, there was a roller coaster of emotions last night. Yeah. There was that in, so that initial thought was goddamn it, Uyghur and Huberto. Yeah, that's huge. And then of course we give up another freaking first round pick. Well, what even is a first round pick? I don't even know what a first round. There pick are is kids anymore. that have like probably been fans of the Panthers now for a couple years, they aren't going to know what a first-round pick is Precisely. until they're in their early teens. Precisely. So, like, from, from that vantage, that was the initial reaction. And then I, after, that, that, after that, you're, you're, you're going into justification mode, and you're trying to just, like, reason out loud what the hell just happened. Yeah. Well, and I think the reaction immediately on Panthers Twitter, there were some people that were thrilled at the deal, and there were some people who were, you know, fire Bill Zito mode. Yeah. He's ruining this team. Look at what he's given up. He was on such a hot start, made us a contender, and he's torn it down in 
what, like five months? And I think if you just look at it as straight up, like the, the hockey players involved in this deal, you lose this trade. Like Matthew Kachuk, he's the best player in this deal in my mind. I, I agree. Right. He's, but <coughs> when we say the best player, not necessarily just like pure output, but the best player in terms of all of the variables yeah. included. His age, <coughs> his existing <coughs> contributions, what he's done so far, <coughs> his physical. Like all, I think with all those variables, yeah. he is the best player in this yeah. trade, well, One, without a doubt. But I think Huberto combined with Mackenzie Weir, because those guys are two very good hockey players, and I know both of them didn't have great playoffs, but I think you could argue that those two together are more valuable than Matthew Kachuk in a vacuum based solely on playing ability. But that's not the only factor in a trade, and you have to look at you know, everything that goes into it. Number one, the cap space. I think Matthew Kachuk at 9.5 for eight years is a hell of a deal. I think that's tremendous value for him as a player. And the reality is, is you're going to pay a lot more if you were going to try to re-sign Uyghur and Huberto. Yeah, and the the other reality is that, like, do you even want to sign Huberto to an eight year deal? You probably don't. Like, like he he's going to be thirty. Like, I, he, I he's twenty nine now. Okay, he just turned twenty nine. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, he'll be thirty when he's signing his next contract. Yeah, and and, and the AAV on his next deal will be. This about around what Kachuk's is, give or take a million. Yeah. In, in fact, I think the like it, it might go down just slightly. Yeah. Uh, because of the trade, I think it, it his AAV. So I I think he's probably a little pissed, if not a lot pissed. Oh, absolutely. Like a lot pissed actually, because he had a no trade until like June thirtieth, and then he has an eight team no trade after that. And that's when, you know, like Zito waited to, pull, to to make the deal. So my guess is he was already thinking about it before. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, like I, Kachuk only recently became available, yeah. right? Um, but with, like with Huberto, it was going to cost you a lot to re-sign him. And you were probably going to have to pay him a good amount of money for the declining years of his career. For more, the, for more years than you'd like. Right, like... You're paying him until he's 38 years old. It's not going to work out well, especially the last few years of this deal. Yeah. But Matthew Kachuk is going to give you nine and a half value, guaranteed. I think throughout the duration of that deal, mm-hmm. right? Because even when even he's if 24 years old, he's going to be 32. You got a guy who's arguably better, and he's six years younger. That deal takes him to 32. Even if at 32, right, you're on the decline, right? Like, but nine and a half is not going to be much of the cap by then. His first like four seasons. Or I guess he's in, this is his sixth. Like he's twenty four, and this is already going to be his seventh NHL season. That yeah. is impressive. But his numbers thus far through seven seasons, I think, are better than what Huberto's were through seven seasons. Yeah, and you think about it now, he's going to be playing with the most talented line mates he's ever had in his career. Like he he put up one hundred and fifteen points last year with Elias Lindholm, who's a great two way center, but he's not anywhere close to Barkov. No. And you have John Dingadro, who, yes, maybe is slightly better than Cardinal Hagee. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought you were going to compare him to, to Barkov as well. Oh, no, no. Because I, I, think, I think Barkov is better than any player that Kachuk has ever played with. I, I think he absolutely is. Yeah. And I think those two together on a line is going to work really well. Neither of those guys are fast guys. 
And Kachuk, to me, he's a unicorn-type player. There's no other player like Matthew Kachuk in the NHL. And, let, like, let's talk about grit. Like, it's the like intangibles. He, I don't think Uyghur or Huberto had anywhere combined as much grit as Kachuk no. brings. Like, he does not have any fear of getting his nose dirty. No, he'll go to the dirty areas. He draws a ton of penalties. He does. Which is incredibly valuable to a team. And, and I think he's a, he wore an A in Calgary. He's a good leader. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm, I, I do like analytics for some things. But, um, like, I, I wouldn't necessarily, like, buy that much into this. But according to Evolving Hockey... On Twitter, they posted this. The projected uh, GAR next season, which I think is uh, goals above replacement. Yeah. Matthew Kachuk, 15.8 game uh, goals above replacement. Huberto, 8.7. Uyghur, 7.8. Combined, they're pretty much coming in at the same yeah. same spot. Like, that's impressive. Right. And I think, the, so I think the big thing with this deal is you've got the best player in the deal coming your way. You had to give up a lot. Like there's a lot to give up, but you've you're you're expanding your window as a team. Yeah. The 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 one thing that I don't like, and somebody texted me said, well, what about you know trading away Weaver? He's a top four D. Like those don't really grow on trees. And I was like, well, you know, he had such a bad playoffs. He had one assist in ten games. Yeah, and it was like it, he was just really bad in the playoffs. And I I don't want to like. I, I, I don't want to say that, like, his entire career came down to that, but right there you go, you thought you had a performer, and now you're doubting whether or not you have a performer. The, the thing for me is that you can always trade a first-round pick for a top 4D. I think you can always find one. The problem is you traded it away. So my, my big thing in this trade is that by trading away your first-round pick, no, you're not giving away a prospect. You're giving away leverage that yeah. you had to, you know, like get that top four D maybe, you know, to, to make those moves to make your team better. Now your assets are looking really, really like shallow. Yeah. And now you're thinking, what is it going to take at the next deadline to get someone? Yeah, you, you got to look at that and you're probably looking at your prospect pool thinking, yeah, it's one of these guys. Like, like... The, the, the first name that, thought, that um, came into my mind, and I would be absolutely petrified if this happened, was you could get so much freaking return for Spencer Knight. Yeah. You could pretty much replenish your draft picks, like draft pick pool with Spencer Knight. Yeah. And it, I now, I, I do not condone it in any way, shape, or form, but unless he, it's for, unless you're trading Bobrovsky and Knight for, I don't know, like, Name the two best goalies, right? The two best goalie tandems right now. I don't know. There's yeah, none. There's none. So, no, there's no there's No, no but he, he, in so, terms but of that trying was, to get better, he's your best asset. He's your best asset to trade away. Now, yeah, you can get into the, the like, um, prospect and Denisenko, obviously, but far, far, far less trade value. Yeah. And you would never think of parting ways with a guy like Saran Noel. So, you're kind of... It's Zimmer Samuskevich. Yeah. So it's kind of in that in that ballpark of like what like what do you do now to create, you know, to, to make your team better? And I'm having trouble seeing. Yeah, I think the, the only possible. way you can do it is you're looking at the free agent market and you've probably got to move money out first. It's probably Patrick Hornquist yeah. going. 
Like there are ways to do it, but it became a lot and, harder. And it, now, now it becomes harder to get rid of Hornquist because you can't just pay, you can't just pay um, Arizona to take him away because you don't have anything to pay for it. No, you don't have. Like, you can't give up the picks. So that that's what that's the really interesting part for me now is like that's it's gonna be really interesting to see what they do in terms of that. Yeah, and I get like yeah, and I think overall like. This trade to me, my my first reaction was it's really ballsy from Milzito. <laughs> that's one way to put. That's like, <coughs> and that's I saw probably an understatement. Yeah, and I saw a lot of um, when Matthew Kachuk became available. There were a lot of Leafs fans on Twitter I saw that really wanted the Leafs to acquire him, and they said this is the opportunity for Kyle Dubis's Kawhi Leonard moment, referencing when the Toronto Raptors went out and they gave up a core player a fan favorite in DeMar DeRozan to get ultimately a better player, even if it was maybe only going to be for one year. To me, what the Panthers did is kind of similar to that. They've given away a really good player, a franchise player, someone who's a fan favorite. You're going out on a limb. You're getting someone younger, better. But there's a lot of risk there for Bill Zito. There's a ton of risk, and it's going to be really interesting. Now, the the question I had, and there's no real way of uh, of answering this, is how much do you think this is going to affect the the Panthers' locker room? Well, you know, because I mean, like Barkov and all those guys in the locker room, they're smart guys. Like on the one hand, they know, like it it was Huberto, like they he was he was been with the most points in franchise history. Yeah. You know, like that that's what you're losing. On the other hand, they're smart and they understand. I I hope to God that they understand the landscape of the thing. That it was going to get even tougher salary cap wise next season. And I think most and of them, you you're getting the better player. Yeah, I think you need guys like that understand it's a business and that's the way the business works and sometimes tough decisions need to be made. Um Matthew Kachuk, though, good friends with Sam Bennett. Which is good. Good for the vibes. Which is going to be really fun to see the next Calgary-Florida game. Oh, yeah. Because, especially here in Calgary, because yeah. people are going to be agitated. Oh, yeah. and I, no, I might have to go buy tickets. Oh, I would, yeah. I would 100%. Yeah. I, I might go and get a Kachuk jersey. I just think, like, you're losing a fan favorite, but, like, Matthew Kachuk will be a fan favorite in no time. With no doubt about it. So, that's the only thing that, that like... I don't mind the trade. I wish we didn't give up a f- another freaking first-rounder, but that's what it costs nowadays. The big concern is you look at Bill Zito, there's all this turnover in the locker room. Marchment's gone. Um, Giroux's gone, although Giroux wasn't that, like, that huge part of, a co- of the core, I like to think. He was a you rental. Know, you know, you kind of lose those players. You change the coach. You lose the former coach. It's going to be really, really interesting to see how the locker room um, like rebounds. I think it'll be fine because I think they're all professionals. They understand well, yeah. the business. And that's kind of the way you have to look at it. But I think that Zito is taking on a significant risk in doing so due to this like volatility. Yeah, volatility. but I like the bet. I do. Like It's risky, but I like it. Listen, listen I'm, I'm always for trying to improve your team, and this is definitely a move that is, you know, he's trying to improve the team, and I will never, like, 
I as much as I really like Tuberto, I will like you can't be mad at Zito for trying to make the team better. No, you can't be mad at that. And I think the way the season ended in the playoffs, right? And I imagine there's some stuff behind closed doors that there was yeah. some disagreements between management or between players. There's something going on there, I'm sure of it. But to me, like with Bill Zito making this move, even if the team, even if you look at the team today and you think this team's worse than last year's team, it's not always about being better. Sometimes you just need to be different than we were last year, right? Like there are teams that have got knocked out in the playoffs and then gotten worse in the offseason and won the cup the next year. Mm-hmm. It happens yeah. time and time again. You lose players. You have to adjust. You just need to be different. And I think this makes them different in a really unique way by adding Matthew Kachuk. And I think uh, the Panthers are going to be a lot of fun to watch next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. Uh, we're done. We're, in, we're recording in a podcast yeah. room. I think our time is up. I think we're going to get kicked out. We're about to get kicked out. Calgary so Central Library. Yeah, so we're going to end the episode here. Thank you so much to everyone tuning and listening. We'll be back at some point with a brand new episode. Uh, so as always, thank you so much, and we'll see you all then. Hmm. Do the-